Craven, in regards to your barbecue for reference, uh, do you want us to bring anything specifically or just your kind of usual crates of cider and... Uh, well, the, and, the sheer volume of alcohol you brought last time is, has now become basically the thing of legend. Um, you guys brought um, like a duffel bag and like a plastic stack crate and it <laughs> did impress a lot of people. I mean, I was going to put it on the um, on the agenda as like a, something to come with, you know, because I put down like... Uh, the beer pong championship and yeah. um oh, okay. sex stories once i can once i've confirmed you're going to come in i was going to add um the brickstock <laughs> beer barrel his name is craven he likes white ravens and he will always use them to reduce your gold his name is dave he cancels saves he likes to make the opposition have bad days his name is tom he plays for fun and if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Alright, welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. This is episode 67. Um, and today we're going to talk about the rest of the European Championships that we sadly didn't get to cover in our last episode. Uh, that is basically the Thrones. So, Craven, how was your experience? Oh, I'm joined by Craven. <laughs> Say hello, Craven. <laughs> oh, I've spaced peek behind the curtain. I've realised we've <laughs> recorded two episodes back to back. Um, <laughs> I like but, oh, uh, yes, I'm very well. Oh, it's been a while since I spoke to you chaps. Um, mm-hmm. how, are the you illusion. how are you, Bill? I am very well, Dave. What a fantastic week I've had. Um, <laughs> in all the ways, po- I, I, I hope you're both well. How are you both? Lovely. <laughs> Fan- fantastic. Fine. Yeah. Um, there we go. See, I think we held it together. Well done, guys. Um, Good stuff. No one will catch it. Yeah. And John has gone back to manual labour. Yeah. Which yes, <laughs> is what he does. Okay. For reference. So... What I was going to say is, Craven, how was your Euros? Uh, I didn't go. That's so, a shame. pretty good. <laughs> I, I went to play American football instead, Ooh. and Ooh. the game got cancelled while we were at the field because the team we were playing hadn't mowed the lawn or marked the pitch out. So. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's terrible. It is an absolute shocker, really. Um, well, you were there as well. Like they didn't, they didn't think maybe I don't know. Well, I turned up to this field, and it was a the field was a shithole. Like the the surroundings, the facilities were were terrible. But the grass was like ankle deep. There was very few pitch markings whatsoever, and even those, like the yard markers, varied in what they interpreted a yard to be quite dramatically. <laughs> um, and I was saying to people, this is definitely the wrong place. We we can't be in the right place. I mean, gradually more of our team turned up. There was no sign of a home team. And I just thought, no, this is the wrong place. And then with about an hour before kickoff, which is still mental, the home team kind of rocked up. I thought, fucking hell, lads. Like, put a bit of effort in. And it turns out we were on the right field. And in all my years of playing the game, I've never seen a field that bad. We've got an American coach, and he was going, like, absolutely apeshit. The, the, the game isn't taking like in any way seriously by this team um i mean in the end yeah like the referees turned up and said there's no fucking way you can play on this so that was it game cancelled 
For reference, in. which game was that? Uh, which team, sorry? Uh, we were playing against the Essex Spartans. Oh, okay. So, it was like, does our cool. friend play for that team? And I think the answer is... Do no, you, uh, well, I'll ask you, do you play against the Cambridge Cats in your travels? Uh, no, I do not play against Cambridge Cats, but I know a couple of people on the team. Fair enough. Is that who Johnny plays for? Yes, it is now, because unfortunately, Peterborough's team seems to have vanished. Um, we don't know when it's going to start up again. Uh, there are people still trying to get it worked, but sadly, it's been a couple of years now, and there's just not been any training or nothing. So, sad times. Wow. Mm. Okay, then. Uh, how was your Euros weekend, Peel? Well, I can't actually remember what weekend the Euros was on. Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure I was cleaning out my house. Uh, yeah, in that case, I was clearing out my house, Dave. Um, I successfully removed 14 bags worth of crap, cleared out my cupboards, and found the oldest dated thing in my house, which was uh, went out of date in 2004. So I was quite impressed oh. with that. Uh, huh? There is a good chance that that was before we were friends, Bill. We would have probably met in 2004 uh, or 2005, like became good friends, right? Well, presumably we brought it before 2004 as well, because yeah. it was olive oil, so it's as if that stuff has like right. a very... Do you know what I mean? That, that's not the stuff that goes off in like a week. Um, that's the stuff that goes off in about a year. So yeah. presumably that olive oil was left over from 2013, which is a little bit gross, but hey-ho, you know... Um, that's why we needed to clear the house out. So um, I did that with uh, me and Hammers. Had a little go on that. Uh, sorted it all out. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're making epic progress. So overall, a successful weekend. Have you still got your lovely book in your, uh, you know, pride of place in the, your corner cabinet where we... Uh, I'm we not I, I can't I can't move that, Dave, can I? Let's be honest. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a work of art now. Joey Essex's autobiography is... Uh, <laughs> Seller. Um, I'm still upset Martin didn't want it, if I'm honest. But you know, there's always time to give it to Craven at some point. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we bought it as a present to cheer Martin up, didn't we? He was sad about something. Was that I think it was his. Best, I think it was his Christmas present, oh, day, Christmas if I'm honest. Present. Oh, uh, maybe. I think one year I just bought everyone joke Christmas presents, and Martin's joke was the fact he was from uh, had Joey Essex, who was uh, famous for living in Essex, and subsequently <laughs> gave Essex a horrible name. Um, <laughs> I mean, anyone who's actually ever been will realise that only half of the people from Essex are like that, not all of them, so that's something. But which half? That's the question. I did notice, I must admit, Craven, even when I was there, I did see more tanning salons per square mile than any other part of the world, but I think that's just just unfortunately, again, because of the TV show, so I do apologise again, but it's the same if you go to the Newcastle. It's all Um, money laundering. It's all money laundering. (laughs) Everything like that. I watched uh, Can't Pay. Will can't. Have you ever seen this program on um, Channel Five called Can't Pay? Will take it away. Yeah. It's uh, it's basically David. I'll, I'll summarize it for you. Bailiffs go to people's houses or businesses. Sometimes you feel quite bad for them. Um. You know, and uh, you know that's fair enough. You do feel bad sometimes. It's like you know a little old lady or something, and she's been ripped off, and you feel really bad. Other times it's like tanning salons and like obvious kind of shitty in the nicest possible way um places and i watched a um an episode the other week where a man turned up to a tanning salon in essex dressed in a tracksuit trousers trying to claim that all the things in the property were his and not indeed the fact that uh you know i had no receipts or anything like that and it was a classic moment in television um which i wish everyone could share so really really thoroughly enjoyable program (laughs) okay 
So there you go. That's uh, your recommendation of the week from Peel. Dear listeners, yeah. listen to uh, yeah. Can't Pay. We'll take it away. Specifically That's last it. week's it's episode. Last <laughs> week's um, Definitely have a look at it if you're ever, you know, if you're ever stuck on a weekday night. Oh, what shall I watch? Oh, look at that. We've got Channel 5. That's full of crap. Oh, brilliant. This is on. Um, so it's, it's enjoyable. Definitely full of crap. Definitely full of fun stuff. So, um, yeah, overall quite nice. So, Dave, why don't you tell us about some Thrones then? Oh, I guess, I guess we've delayed the inevitable for long Episode enough. Episode and a half in. <laughs> <laughs> I think we mentioned the Thrones twice in the last episode. And once was definitely an accident. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to keep it going as long as possible. Yeah. So we've been playing Thrones. Wait, no, we haven't. Sorry, X-Wing. Um, <laughs> you know, that, I think the only reference to it in the, the whole thing. Okay. Um, but yeah. So um, in the lead-up to Euros, I had no idea what I wanted to play. Uh, I was really enjoying playing Tyrell's son, uh, which Whammer pioneered a year ago, and Josh has been tweaking ever since. And I got a really nice version of that from Josh, and really enjoyed playing it. But with the rise in Targaryen since their uh, economy location was released, it really was not feasible, because I think the only character over four strength was Renly, and there was one copy of Renly. So, mm. you know, I think he was the only, char- uh, only character except for Varys over five cost as well. Like, it was very much a how badly can I abuse Ariane deck. And uh, so that just falls apart to Targaryen. So sadly, I realised I couldn't play that. I tried of a couple of other things, but nothing really stuck with me. So I messaged um, Johnny Wright from SoCal, who I, I sometimes pinch decks from. And he said they had a deck that was doing really well. At the time, it was uh, 20 and 3, I think. Uh, and he had taken it to a regional and done plenty of testing with it. And I was like, oh, OK, that sounds quite interesting. Um, and then he told me that I was going to hate it. And that it was everything I hated about the game all in one deck. And I was like, okay, well, send me the list. And it was a Lannister Rose deck that ran all of the big characters in Triplicate with bodyguards, basically. Um, so it was just the epitome of play bullshit big characters and then just renown your way to 15. And they can't yeah. do shit because all your it characters are really big. Uh, and some of them don't kneel to attack. And uh, then Ren- Randall can stand. And it's just... It was really, really, really boring. So I decided to play that. Um, as Partly as a, a thought experiment. Uh, to see how how well I could do with a, a just a bullshit deck that you know just wins. I, I haven't played a, a deck I don't enjoy very much for quite a long time. So I thought, alright, I'll give this a go. Maybe I'll play the wall next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, and I was, you know, I was... I tidied myself over with the fact that if I did win Euros... It would be for the greater good, because I could redesign my equals at thinking or something. Uh, mm. Or Westeros Bleeds. And so, I justified, just so, you know, it's the, the ends justifies the means, which is fine. Um, a week before the tournament, Chris Schoenthal won Kublicon in SoCal with it, uh, going undefeated all day. So it suddenly became a slightly more known force in the meta. The, length, the, the list hadn't gone out, but people were aware that it was running uh, Lord Renly's ride with non-kneeling characters so you can get multiple uses out of the surprise strength boost and intimidate from the event um it of course runs three copies uh three copies of non-kneeling jamie and three copies of non-kneeling cersei for some lovely abuse um and it had a really good matchup against targaryen because you know cersei's six strength the mountains 10 strength the hound uh the strength pumps from 
Tyrell. Tywin is a big chap. So uh, the theory was it's auto win against Targ. Uh, that's the theory. So oh, I played around with it and I went ten and one uh, in practice. Uh, the loss was against Night's Watch, and and then there was a very very close win against um, Matt Slade from London playing um, Targaryen. So I was like, okay, well, you know that shouldn't be too representative of Targaryen because apparently he just wins all the time. So that's fine. Uh, so I decided to play it, but obviously I couldn't take a 60 card deck to Euros. So what do I add to my Lannister Rose deck for the Banter 61st card? Any thoughts? Uh, it's the Barbara Red. Of course, much of more, yeah. So I banter, banter add that on uh, the day before the tournament, uh, slot it into my deck. Uh, obviously, we started a bit late due to the uh, you know, terrorism scares and the extra bag checks and stuff, which is fine. Uh, but then there were some extra delays, and it was, you know, when I got up at like 7 o'clock in the morning and I wasn't starting until almost midday, like you kind of lose some of your enthusiasm. By the time I actually got to start, I was just kind of like, well, I've lost so much adrenaline, I've already, like, you know, I've lost the impact of my monster, that kind of thing. Uh, Let's be honest, it's time for a brunch, brunch yeah. time nap at really about 11, isn't it? It's like, that's that's nap time. So, in the end, we did, day. we did one round and then had lunch and then finished the Swiss. So, that's uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, two rounds? No, one round, then lunch. Then we finished. Oh, uh, right, okay. Yeah. What you had to do is it was six rounds on the first day and you had to get 4-2 to make it to the second day. And then there would be three more rounds of Swiss and the top 16. Um, no, sorry. And then it would be a cut to top eight. No, top 16. Yeah. Uh, and that was a apparently, you know, a negotiated kind of compromise. They wouldn't let us have a top 32 because Gen Con wasn't having a top 32 is what I've heard. Uh, which seems kind of silly. You know, really, it should just be as appropriate for the number of players. But as it came out, everyone who went, uh, who only had two losses made the cut, which is generally a good rule of thumb. Uh, and then a couple of people, two or three, who had three losses made the cut, which is pretty reasonable, I think. Um, so, yeah, so the, the, the intention was go 4-2 and then win out or buy myself a bit of leeway in the first day and I should be okay. So I sat down, and my first game was against a chap from Lithuania called Lucas. Uh, and I'd never met anyone from Lithuania playing Thrones before, so this was a nice surprise. He and his friends from work had started playing six months ago, nine months ago maybe. And uh, had, you know a lot of them had come over for Euros, which was great. It was their first tournament outside of like the Swiss-only ones they'll do at work, basically. Which was uh, you know, a pretty tough baptism by fire into the international community. Um, and into competitive thrones in general. Uh, but he was playing Martel Crossing, uh, which I, I do like a bit of Martel, as you'll, you'll know. Um, and I had a great I had a great start. I managed to put harm into the sword, uh, leaving him with quite a small board, turn one. Had a great little time. Uh, but by the time it came to my wildfire, I had no chubs in hand. Uh, and so it was looking really, really, really grim that he was just going to abuse me with his Nymeria and his big fat area Hotar on the return swing. Uh, but luckily I top-decked, or I had, Two copies of Renly's Ride, so uh, I was able to give two of my characters Intimidate, and uh, that was, you know, that kind of saved me from that drama. Um, no, out his entire board, and uh, closed quite easily after that. Once I'd stabilised a little bit, so that was nice. Um, I've got quite, I've got like a, a reasonably detailed list of my day because I was updating Johnny as I was going. So I need to start doing that more often, so I actually remember who and what I played against. 
which has been really useful. Because uh, taking a tournament report down as you go is kind of boring. But if you're actually texting someone who's kind of following along on Jousting Pavilion, it's, uh, it's a lot more interesting, especially when they have a vested interest in the deck. Um, because Chris Chantal was taking it to US Nationals that weekend, the next day. Uh, my second game was against uh, Pierre from France. Because obviously Pierre's from France. Uh, and he was playing Barra Summer. <laughs> there were quite a few Frenchies, I think about a 10 or so. We had all made the trip up uh, with Vince. Um, so that was good to see uh, such a good turnout from there. Uh, yeah, he was playing Barrow, which can be quite a brutal um, matchup for the deck, because obviously it relies on you know these duped big characters, and if you kneel the big characters, they can't do their thing. Um, and that makes you sad. So, you know, if you saw Stannis, I was probably fucked, uh, and I really, really wanted to see like Jamie and Cersei. Uh, well, I, oh, you know, got my opening hand and I had three copies of Cersei and a chud, which was nice. Oh, well, okay. So, tripped Cersei and the one cost that said she can't get marched. Lovely. Uh, dropped a dupe to Tywin turn one. Dropped, uh, Jamie turn two. Dropped Randall with the crown that lets him, you know, you discard cards to, uh, give him strength and standing. Yep. Yep. That turn, uh, three with Marge. Uh, saw all my treacheries, so that was quite easy. <laughs> Things were pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> and it was uh, it was just the most brutal lesson in this is my Lannister bullshit that I've ever seen. Pretty much, it was just this is all my things. Here are all my treacheries. Oh, I lost one to injury claim. What what a terrible thing! And he saw all his pieces, just uh, couldn't do enough with them because I had all the counters. Like, you know, it happens. That was pretty brutal. I, have, I don't think I've won a game that. Decidedly, since like about since like playing Barrowmasters or something like something really intense in first edition, or more likely probably since playing a uh, Martel Hollow Hill. Um, I then played against another French chap who was also called Pierre, according to Justin Pavilion. So uh, <laughs> it just seems all round. And this was uh, this is where my luck started to falter. This was uh, against Greyjoy Crossing, and it was going reasonably well. Uh, and then he flipped, um, oh, I, I got to see much and more for the first time, which was, of course, fantastic fun. You know, love it mm-hmm. much and more. And I've never played, I don't think I've ever played much and more in a, a proper competitive tournament. I think I've played it in a, in, in, you know, in a store championship, but nothing more than that, because I haven't really taken Tyrell to many things or Banner Rose. So, you know, playing it at a massive tournament with like 156 players, I think, was great. So, you know, much and more, much and more, great. Um, on the deciding turn, he flipped Rise of the Kraken, and I flipped Trading with Fintoshi, which is obviously bad, because now he's going first with that raiding longship I gave him from much and more. Uh, and he's got extra gold, so he can play out some stuff, so this is bad. So I was like, right, this game could go either way. I'm not really sure how I'm going to get out of this, but I'll play Littlefinger and see what I draw. Sneaky Littlefinger! Sneaky Littlefinger. Draw my two cards. Marge. Marge is good. That is very useful against Balon, who's staring me down. Right, what's my second card? Imprisoned. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with the card pool, Peel, but uh, Imprisoned ah. is an orange card. Uh, Lannister cards are an orange red. Card, sorry. Yes, it's, it's orange. Uh, Lannister cards are red, and Tyrell cards are green. Uh, yeah. Orange cards are Martell cards, and oh. therefore should not be in my deck. Oh. So <laughs> I looked at it and thought, this is really useful. I could put that on Balon so he can't get an unclosed victory. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. 
Judge. Did you get disqualified, Dave? I did not get disqualified, but I did get a game loss. And the reason, uh, the reason I had that in my deck, I believe, is because, obviously, I'd been playing Tyrell's Sun in the previous weeks. And I think when I took much and more out of my Tyrell's Sun deck, I accidentally grabbed the Martel card with it. And just put, because I put them straight into my deck and didn't play another game until the deck. The deck list, I knew I only added much and more to the one that Johnny had sent me. So I just updated it and printed it off. Didn't actually write out a deck list for the first time in I don't know, what, they made you lose that game. Yeah, because I drew an illegal card. Like my, because I, it's not, you can't get it. Yeah, I, I know. Well, I shouldn't have it. Like, yeah, but you're not getting any advantage by having 62 cards in your deck, are you? That's just... Well, I have a legal deck. You know, what else can you do other than give me a game loss or disqualify me? I think, it sounds like you're going to lose anyway, to be fair. It, it could have gone either way, but I was on the back foot at that point. I had been, you know, if it wasn't Rise of the Kraken, I probably would have survived and won on my turn, but I don't think I would have done. It could have gone either way. But, yeah, it was um, it was not ideal. Not ideal at all. Um, but, yeah, they checked the rest of my deck and everything else matched up. It was very clearly just an extra card rather than the wrong card. And because couldn't legally be in the deck. It wasn't a fourth copy of Foot of the Sword. It wasn't um, like, you know, it wasn't a, de- a card that had been changed or whatever. It was very clearly an accident. There was no reason to disqualify me. But, you know, a game loss could be a bit harsh. Um, but at something like Euros, you totally understand that they would uh, they would give me that. Um, and they were generous enough to allow me to remove from my deck because my deck was still legal and in fact matched my deck list exactly. If I removed it, uh, rather than making me have to play with a blank card, so that was good. Yes. Um, I think if you know if I had put in that instead of a different card, I would probably have to play with it blank, and that would have been a bit more of an issue. But they just let me remove it, which was fine. Now, um, that is the price I pay for my hubris and my banter, because if I hadn't have added that banter card, that wouldn't have happened. And yes. that is the only time over the course of the weekend that I drew much and more. So yeah. it literally had the only thing much and more did was lose me a game. Oh man! Yeah, and it wasn't even that useful when I played it. So <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't great. Uh, so obviously I was feeling a bit demoralised, but I went into round four against James Smith, who's a London lad. Hooray! And he was playing Tyrell Kraken. And as he sat down, he said that this was for the uh, the game night kit we had been at a few weeks before, because he had uh, he had played uh, he had had to leave early, and uh, so he dropped from the final, and I won it by default. So it was like, all right, this is you know the decider for the game night kit. This is quite exciting, um, and I was kind of nervous because James is a very good player, and obviously I was a bit on edge from Peel. What are you doing? What do you mean, do? Well, there's weird sounds, and I'm just assuming it's you again. It's no longer than me. I was scratching, but that was about it. Sorry. It's <laughs> definitely it, you. Yeah, sorry. I had to scratch. I had an itch. Yeah. Uh, quite loud. I guess it's not so bad when I'm talking, but if Craven was talking, it would have been ruined, obviously. That's how it records. But yeah, um, a bit on edge because obviously I was a bit uh, a bit tilted from the uh, the previous drama. Although I've been telling everyone and saying what a fantastic story it would be for the podcast. <laughs> Which it has been. And, um, yeah. yeah, so I was uh, kind of nervous going up against him, um, knowing that if I'd lost this, that would probably be, 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 be me out. 
um, because the odds of me then winning five games in a row was probably pretty slim. Um, but uh, turn one, I deliberately overcommitted, left the ha- uh, discarded the card from my hand to leave the hound on the board, had an unprotected Tyrion, uh, and tears his Randall. So he was left with Chuds. I was left with uh, maybe two Chuds, Tyrion, Hound or something. Um, and I knew he was going to Valor. Um, and that allowed me to drop Tywin turn two, unprotected. So it was just, you know, that tempo play of forcing that Valor and sacrificing two really good characters to be able to drop the engine that is Tywin one with that. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad I could uh, do the classic first edition player playing Valor, playing around Valor really well. Or forcing a valor really well, uh, and uh, I won that because there was just no coming back from that. For James, he uh, just couldn't recover. Um, I played against uh, Fabio from Italy, playing Targ Fealty the next day, uh, and I've got I copied my conversation with Johnny into a word document to edit around for this. And uh, he said when I reported my win that I saw you got paired against Targ and gave you the win check mark mentally. I was just like, well. <laughs> And that was, he didn't see Dracaris, uh, and I saw all the, uh, stuff I needed. Um, new Cersei is really, really good against Targ, because as you're aware, when a card is discarded from hand, Cersei claims a power. And, uh, Targ have the Plaza of Pride, where you can discard a card to stand someone. And that's one of the key cards. Uh, stand someone that is, um, printed cost three, up to three higher than the cards you discard. And that's a really key tempo play in Targ at the moment, along with their new economy location being so good. Um, but if you're discarding cards to stand people and I'm claiming power every time, that makes that card a lot less powerful. Especially as this character is also non-kneeling to do intrigue and therefore hitting your hand very easily and is almost impossible. Well, she's six strength, so she's very difficult to burn. So Cersei really makes the Targ matchup quite nice. And uh, I won that one, so that was good. So, I so that was 4-1, and therefore I had made round, uh, day two, no matter how well I did at the next one. Are you sure you're not doing anything ridiculous, Peel? Because through, through all of that, there was sound in the background. There's constant noise. Yeah. It's not too far away from my phone. It's only just on my left. Um, it's just like a constant... Barrage of sound. Yeah. Right, it's, yeah it's gone on to battery saver, so it might be that. There with this. I can't imagine. While you're um, speaking, it's fine. It's just when you're not yeah, doing it, it sounds like something's moving in the background. Oh, okay. Well, I'll plug it in. But are you moving things in the background? Not to my knowledge, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm sat in a chair, though. Okay. I'm sitting still. You know, it's it's. I feel like I'm, I'm at sorry. school. I'm just just staring forward. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Phil. What kind of noises are they? Are they clicking noises? Are they? It's, it it sounds noise. like fidgety noises. Yeah, like rustling and stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, because I can't sit still. It's not possible for me to sit still. <laughs> so you are making the noise. What I'm are you fiddling with? What are you fiddling with? I don't know, a pen or something, anything I can get my fingers on. I have to do something with my hands, otherwise I go a little bit crazy. See, this is why you need melee titles to shuffle. I don't have them. Well, I'll give you a set of melee titles next time I see you. All right, well, one hey, minute. Let me just have an itch. Cause... <laughs> there you go. I just itched the shit out of my head. <laughs> Good. 
I think it's what it is, is when I move my head, it, obviously, because the, the way this microphone's set up is it links around my neck, because it's kind of like one of these Bluetooth headsets. I don't know if you've got one, Craven, as well. Uh, it links around for like gym and fitness, and you, you wear them while you're jogging and stuff like that. Um, so if in the rare occasion I do do exercise, it doesn't fall off my head. Um, so every time I move my neck to the left or the right, if it doesn't move with my neck properly, or if my head drags along, for example, the back of the chair, then it's going to make a bit of noise. <sighs> That's what's happening, which is why, although I'm not actively doing anything to fiddle with my microphone, it sounds like I'm rustling through a bush with, uh, you know, searching for porno magazines. <laughs> As we all know, porno mags are, are found in bushes. Um, for those of you born after 1995, um, porno magazines are what people used to use before the internet was available on your mobile phone um, and used to be commonly left behind after a lorry driver had ejaculated um, in whichever form of lay-by he parked up in. Yeah. A common occurrence to find in a bush as a child. Yes. I, that, that's pretty much how we discovered sex before the, the age of the internet. Um, now, with lorry into, drivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grew up in Ipswich, Bill. <laughs> so there we go. A little history lesson for there for our younger listeners. <laughs> I'm do. sure I appreciate it. To be fair, I'm, well, I'm, I'm always into history lessons, Bill. You know that, uh, and I appreciate it, even though I already knew it. You know, it's always good to go over the classics. It's sometimes it's good to have a pressure course, like an upper. Uh, the Magna Carta. The Civil War. Born. Yeah, all, born. Very <laughs> all very crucial parts of our history and ones that we should not be ashamed of. Mm, we should be re-added to the uh, curriculum into modern history. Except for, the Bo- except for the Boer War. That one we can forget about. The less said about the uh, Boer War, the better, of course. <laughs> <laughs> There's one film with Michael Caine. It's very good. Shit. Don't watch anything It else. gives you the gist of it. <laughs> Generally not a nice place to be. Anyway. Okay. Round six. Round six, I played against Liam from Nottingham, uh, and it was nice to meet him, absolute pleasure. Um, I started a bit on the back foot, he was playing Lannister Reigns, and he got his uh, Tywin Chud set up, that we we fear so much, because I had a bit more of a lackluster setup. Um, and the key point is when I should have played it safe, and I didn't, um, and I knelt my Cersei to block a power challenge. When I should have kept her standing, let him have the unopposed power challenge and uh, use her to block the intrigue challenge so he couldn't trigger Reigns casting it. Uh, but I thought, you know what, if he... The only way you can trigger it is if he has a burned man in hand. And of course the Lannister player always has a burned man in hand. Like, that's, that, you know, it's just a thing. Uh, so he could ambush the burned men, give him an intrigue icon, or mount him to the moon, uh, and then push through the, uh, the Reigns challenge. Uh, but I risked it, and then he did add the burned men. And then he suddenly wildfired and made his cella nine strength with renown and intimidate. And a nine strength cella is really difficult to deal with. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but that, you know, if he wants to trigger Reigns of Castamere, he's going to trigger Reigns of Castamere between cella and Tywin. And if he wants to, you know, make a nice big military challenge or block whatever you want to do with, he can. And the fact that it has intimidate as well, uh, makes it slightly frustrating to play against. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, nine, nine strength Jella in one challenge made me very sad. 
Okay, so, but the important thing was, I was 4-2, and I was through for the next day, so I went for a cheeky Nando's with the rats, and then had lots of beer. And then, I got, I got paired against our good friend Tagore. I was like, oh. no one likes playing against Tagore, because his play, like, his play area is a fucking mess. I don't know if any of our listeners have ever played against him, but it's... Actually, that, that's probably a bit harsh. I enjoy playing against Tagore because he's a nice person. I hate looking at Tagore's ball state. That's probably more accurate. Because you don't know what's yeah. going on. Is that your discard pile? No, that's my deck. Fair enough. <laughs> well, please make sure it's the right way up. And it's, just, it's just, you know... It's like someone yeah. had just dropped their cards on their table and then started turning them to make challenges. It was it's quite confusing. But he was playing Tyrell Crossing, and he saw Marge and the Knight of Flowers turn one, so that wasn't ideal. But uh, I saw my own Marge, my one-off, turn one, so that was fine. And, uh, you know, a well-timed Renly's ride locked him out quite early. I picked two copies of Superior Claim for Intrude Claim, murdered Brienne twice, which was quite satisfying. And uh, he didn't see too many renowned characters, so I managed to just kind of trudge over the finish line quite convincingly, which was nice. Um, Tagore went on to win his next two games, and... uh, Therefore, he was, you know, and then missed the cut on the schedule. So, sorry to go. If, uh, if you'd won that, you would have been fine, but, you know, needs must. Uh, I then got to play against a, a throne celebrity I hadn't met before. Uh, I got to play against Sparrowhawk. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Which was uh, quite interesting. Uh, people who, uh, well, first edition players will remember Sparrowhawk from Card Game DB and his. Uh, his, how should we say, divisive rants uh, over elements of the game. Um, he was one of the first to push for some sort of reboot or at least rotation for first edition. Uh, and whilst his ideas had merit, he was sometimes very, comp- very brash with how he would uh, put them across. And sometimes he rustled a few feathers. But he was a pleasure to play against. He's yeah. a very nice man in real life. Uh, and I did say, you know, his his... His posts were always satisfying to read, even if they drove me insane 50% of the time. So it was nice to meet him in person. He was yeah. playing Tyrell Fealty. Uh, and I dropped, uh, I dropped my uh, Tywin turn one. Uh, but he didn't have any protection. Uh, and I thought, you know what, I'll probably be alright. i got to put the sword in my hand, you know, if uh, anything nasty comes up. Probably be okay. Job's good. Um, and then he drops turn one. He puts a bodyguard on his Randall. He drops a duped Brienne and a duped um, Renly, and then he plays the Arbor. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. That's three characters with saves and economy. There is a good chance he's going to Valor me turn two. Uh, and yes. he did. And I, you know, I flipped Confiscation to get rid of the bodyguard, but I just couldn't force my. force the important challenges through um, after that. So he just gradually built up his power. I couldn't, uh, you know, I had the, I had two or three killing events in my hand at all times, and I couldn't get past the non-kneeling Brienne plus Renly where applicable. Uh, and then I drew tears and thought, oh, I'll be able to stealth past Renly, and uh, just as that happens, he pops down Marjorie, and I was like, well, that's not ideal, because now I can't get tears on... Because, you know, if I can get rid of Brienne, that gives me a lot more leeway. But I couldn't. So there you go. But that's just a uh, you know absolute classic. You know, it's exactly what my deck was trying to do: get enough dupes to just win, and it did it better than me. So you know, yeah. can't complain too much. But that was a good fun game. Very nice chap to play against. 
Um, and then he went on to win his next game and then dropped before the cut, which infuriated me massively. <laughs> but why? Well, the cut dropped. Yeah, because his friends wanted to play board games. Because of course, being at the expo, you know, there is a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. Although I didn't care about most of the other stuff. Uh, he's one of the kind of guys that comes every year to go to the expo and play board games and stuff. Whereas I was there purely to play the FFG games. Um, yeah. And drink with people. Uh, so, you know, he dropped. And I was like, well, you could have just, you know, conceded. And I'd have been okay. Um, so I went into my last game. And if I won this, there was the chance I was going to make the, uh, the cut on strength of schedule. And if I lost it, I definitely didn't. But if I won it, I would be top 32 and get one of the uh, rather nice deck boxes. I don't know if you've seen the European Championship deck boxes, either of you. No. no. Okay. Have you seen the Ultimate Guard ones? Yes, I've got one. Yeah. Uh, you know the. Have you got the double. You seen the double deck ones where you can put two decks in? I have a double deck with a magnetic closure thing and a little tray for tokens. Yeah. Yeah. Basically that, but with European oh, nice. Championships on it. And it's very nice. Awesome. Uh, but when John got yeah. his for top 32 in Star Wars, like everybody else, uh, I looked at it and it doesn't come with the token tray. Which oh. makes it, con- it's got the, t- the slot for the token tray, but there's no tray, which makes it considerably less useful. Uh, you can put a bag in there or something, but it, you know, it's just that kind of thing that's just like, well, you had a nice idea and then you fucked it up. I sort <laughs> out FFG. Um, so yeah, so if I, if I won this game, I would definitely be getting a, useless deck box, and I would uh, potentially make a top 16. And I played against Matt Slade from um, from London, and you may remember that he was my closest game that wasn't a loss in testing. Uh, and he was playing Targ Fealty this time, rather than the Targ Crossing or whatever he was playing previously. And I was absolutely dominating him for the first four plots, maybe. And I got very close. Uh, I got to about 10, I think. And then he was, you know, nightmares my Randall on a very key turn where I probably should have just standed, stood Randall with the crown immediately. But I decided to wait and he, he nightmares him. And I was like, oh, well, that's annoying. That stalled me a bit. Uh, the following turn, he double Dracaris my Jamie, which Ooh. wasn't good. Uh, sorry, I missed, the, I missed the amazing play or the great play I made turn one. Um, I put Jamie into a challenge, uh, knowing he had to kneel Daenerys to play the Dracaris, and therefore Jamie would be okay, because Daenerys would be nailed. Um, so he plays the Dracaris, puts Jamie down to one strength. Uh, but before he gets to stand Daenerys to put Jamie to zero, I ambush him Widow's Whale. And then uh, he goes, oh, okay, so stand Daenerys will do nothing. So he stands Daenerys anyway, and then chooses to kill um, Viserys for claim. Uh, so he can discard my Widow's Whale, Jamie will go back down, but I have the treachery! So I was like, yes, lovely. Jamie is safe. Um, and then as you can all imagine... All cards all the time. Yeah. Jamie got quite a lot of power on him from all these military challenges. And so when I lost him to the double Dracarys, I lost three or four power, which wasn't ideal. And then... So I was going into like plot five, I think, maybe. And I was still in a really good position. I had like a really solid board. Uh, I had Tyrion and the Mountain and uh, Randall and Tywin and uh, the Hound. And I was like, I've got all the stuff, basically. I don't have Jamie, but I've got pretty much everything else. Um, and then he flips Annals of Castle Black. And as you're aware, Annals of Castle Black allows you to play events from your discard pile. Mm. Uh, and then when they are when they re-enter the discard pile, or if they enter the discard pile in any other manner, they're removed from the game. 
Uh, and it also allows me, but I have a single treachery, and he has three copies of Dracarys, and Nightmares, a Hand's Judgment, and Awaking the Dragon in his discard pile. He has all three dragons and Daenerys, and enough gold to play all those events. And what that basically meant was I could not put anything into a challenge without it being Dracarisable. Yeah. Basically. My 12 strength Tywin could be Dracarist. And so I couldn't risk any of my renown. And I, you know, I threw a challenge with, um, you know, an almost like, oh, what will I get? A mountain and a hound. And he let that go. So I got a little bit of power and I hit, you know, nothing important, if anything at all, with the mountain. Uh, but basically that, I couldn't do anything for the rest of the turn because he just had all the pieces he needed to just burn any of my important characters, uh, which would have just set me back so far that it wasn't worth it. So in the end, he, uh, I think he was on 14 and I was on 13 going into the last round uh, and he won initiative. And uh, sadly, there was nothing I could do at that point. That was it. So it was just really frustrating, but it just shows that, you know, how good Annals of Castle Black is. And, you know, it's good in a lot of decks, but in Targ, it's really, really powerful. Reusing Dracarys has always been good, and now you don't even have to put it back into your deck. Like, what's not to love? But yeah, definitely well played to him. He played a really tight game. Uh, but he ruined my dreams. Uh, so I hope he enjoys that deck box. <laughs> Yeah, I finished. Uh, I finished seventh in the end, which wasn't too bad. That's respectable. Yeah, for coming uh, top thirty, uh, for coming in the top third, I got some uh, icon removal tokens, uh, which I will never use. They look like little, you know, discs of coloured plastic. Then a two-year-old has tipexed across on them. Uh, oh, they're pretty <laughs> shit, so I won't be using them. Um, the participation prize was the Red Wedding alt art, which again is not a particularly interesting plot, with, uh, and the art wasn't particularly interesting either. I mean, luckily, I didn't care about the mat. I didn't care too much about the the box either when I realised that it wasn't very good. So, you know, I was only really going for the uh, flights to world, so prize support-wise, I wasn't too too upset. But I would have liked to have done a bit better, or at least had a legal deck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the main, uh, the main points for the actual joust day to come from that... Uh, there was a bit of drama because we went after the third round of Swiss that day. We stopped for lunch, and uh, Liam, who did a fantastic job TOing, uh, said, "Right, we're going to start again at two o'clock or whatever it was for the cut." Uh, and some people misheard him and thought it was half past. And when they arrived at twenty past, they had been disqualified. Oh, yeah, because you know they had had an hour and a half for lunch maybe by that point. Um. I arrived back and he, you know, after 15 minutes of the round starting, he wasn't going to wait any further, so they just got game losses for the cup. Is that Liam from around here? Uh, it's Liam Hall from uh, Bristol. He ran Nationals oh, okay. last year and he's uh, run running the Bristol Regional this year and uh, Bristol Regional last year. Okay, well. yeah. Oh, okay, so how did that go down with people coming back and was there sort of fisticuffs? Yeah, there wasn't fisticuffs, but they were certainly not very pleased at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talking Italy, uh, we we, talk, we spoke about uh, Tome when we had John on last episode. Uh, we didn't actually get to use Tome because it had some issues. Basically, as soon as we loaded it up, they were having problems with it. So uh, they used Jousting Pavilion for uh, for Thrones, which is fantastic, um, and it allows you to follow along at home, which is so much nicer mm. and just brilliant for uh, you know a big tournament like this. Not just 
oh, so-and-so is 4-2, and two, that's fantastic, but so-and-so is currently playing this exact deck and this exact yeah. player. Like, you know, what's what's not to love? And it records your uh, results for forever. I can see them all now. Yes. Yeah, I checked in on Saturday, actually, a couple of times to see how people were doing. So it's quite a handy little thing. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so yeah, on the Sunday, I played uh, played that's, Hey, That's My Fish, which we already discussed. They ran a melee, which was very poorly advertised. Um, months ago, they said there will be a melee on the Sunday. But they didn't, you know, it was kind of like implied to just be a side event with no real prize support. But they actually had proper mats for it uh, that hadn't been available elsewhere. Uh, for the top 16, and there was a trophy, although no like um, car design or triple worlds. Uh, and they gave out, you know, some of the John Snows and the Night's Watch house cards that they had Gen Con a couple of months, ago, a couple of years ago. So uh, you know, it's a pretty well supported event. Just nobody was really aware. And I found out about it at maybe 11 o'clock on the Saturday. And at that point, I didn't really fancy building a melee deck. Um, no. So I played a bit of draft, which went all right. I came second in the pod, I think. Uh, and then we also did the team event, which of course uh, you guys would be familiar with from Starlek. The uh, the same Greek chaps that have run that the last few years decided to do that on the Sunday of Euros, and it wasn't terrifically well uh, populated. I think there was a Greek team, an Irish team, a Czech team, an English team, and then a, like a Brotherhood without banners, which was uh, Darren from Wales, Ryan Wood, um, and uh, Tamas from Hungary. Ryan Wood. Yeah. He's English. Yeah, I know. And he joined the Brotherhood of Our Banners. Bit cheeky, yeah. isn't it? Uh, they end up winning it. Um, I mean, it, it, it clearly went all right for people. It seemed to be decently well run. But when they announced it, they announced that it would be, you know, you can sign up a team for your country now. I was like, well, surely the team should be the best performing players. I don't want to just sign up with, you know, two mates and then be Team England. And I don't want to be represented by people who just signed up randomly, you know. As as yeah. harsh as that is to people who did play as, at Team England, you know, I want to be, I want it to be the best three players that want to play. Yeah. So um, it should be. Yeah, and I completely forgot to mention that uh, Dan Williams from London came second in the joust. So we did have a very well performing English player. Uh, congratulations to him, and it was Reinhold from Austria who won the whole thing with his uh, tag crossing. A very fast deck, which I think flipped Heads on Spikes, Heads on Spikes Winter Festival in the first three plots, and then, you know, yes. hopefully didn't collapse after that. Um, what was um, that Dan Williams guy? What was he playing? He was playing uh, Lanny Reigns. Oh. Yeah. Uh, less exciting. <laughs> yeah. But still very well played. Uh, I look forward to having a, a beer with him in the cross keys in the coming weeks. So, yeah, that was uh, that was my weekend, really. It was uh, It was good fun. I got to well, test. Well done, mate. Oh, thank you. Not, not a bad performance at all. I mean, shame about the whole game loss thing, but... Yeah. Ah. Well, it could have happened anyway. And uh, as I say, it was a, it was a funny story. So, yeah. Oh, just like, yeah. Of course, this weekend when I uh, I played, I did play Martel. I did play Imprisoned. So, <laughs> couldn't get to spawn got to use that. it in the end. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a good weekend. I, the, it's quite fun walking around the halls, looking at all the games they're demoing, that kind of thing. Um, we knew a couple of guys on the FFG stall, so it was funny watching them have to explain games to people while we could enjoy ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you played uh, the Game of Thrones, I think it's Hand of the King game? Yes. 
with the Varus tile. Yeah. Moves around. Yeah. That is very similar to Hey, That's My Fish. <laughs> but we oh, tested okay. that. Oh, okay. Yeah, a, sure. But rather than taking lots of people, you only take the one night that you leave. Yeah. Yeah. And you all I, have I your own penguins them. rather than one Varus. Yeah. But yeah. I was, see. No, that's quite a good little game, actually. Yeah, it was fine. Game, game night opener. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, go to game. I wouldn't buy it, but if somebody pulled it out, I would not be. I would not object to playing it at all. Yeah, that was I agree. Uh, so we got to demo that and uh, see what it was like. Yeah, it was a, it was a good experience. The expo. Uh, they're doing. They've announced that they're doing the Thrones Euros or all the Euros at the expo again next year because they have to sign a two-year contract. And then after that, they will probably move it to continental Europe and hopefully move it around every year which is ideal I think that's a good idea to convention. it sounds mm. like they will be moving it through conventions if they can to, you know have it attached to a convention which is yeah it's fine it gives mm. you something else to do it might be a bit more easy a bit easier to convince the wife and kids to go that kind of thing because you did see people with their families there so, that seems uh, like a fair idea um, obviously less ideal from us because Birmingham's but yeah. <laughs> but still, next year. So yeah, any any questions over our uh, over over my Euros experience? Um. Well, would you knowing what you know now, would you take the deck again and just hope for better outcomes, or would you take something different? Um. I mean, I expected so much Targaryen that it's just su- it was such a good matchup, generally speaking, for me. That yeah. there weren't that many other decks. Like Stark's got a good matchup against it, but other- and the the right Tyrell build. But other than that, like it was quite solid. So I think I, I, with the amount of testing time I had, I think I probably would have done. I didn't yeah. have time to find something I really liked that was good and test it. It was very much just this has been given to me. It is good. I can get like ten games in with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was I was happy with the deck deck's performance in general. A um, couple of mistakes on my part, a couple of outdraw, which happens nowadays. Uh, yeah. And then some foolish mistakes. So yeah. And the wrong card at the wrong time. <laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> okay then. If there's no more questions, uh, Craven, would you like to segue into our ending segment for today? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, uh, it's an ending um, of a sort because this is going to be my last episode. Um, I'm I'm retiring from from Thrones and probably from FFG games in general. Actually, I'd say um, I've just reached the end of the road. So um, this is it. 67 episodes in. Uh, this is the last time you'll hear all three of us together. Um, it's a shame I haven't had a, a great deal to say on this episode, but I think that's more of a symptom of. Um, my kind of declining interest in the game. So it's kind of to be expected at this point. So, um, yeah, um, that's, that's, that's it really. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got any, uh, any particular games that you're going to look at, look at picking up or, um, well, I do, I do love cards. Obviously I, I love cards, but, um, and I still will play. I imagine, um, just locally, I just pick things up. But in terms of um, following the game along and sort of absorbing myself in it, that, those days are definitely gone. Um, I quite enjoy just rocking up and, and drafting Magic occasionally, just because it's a, a one-shot thing. And um, 
you kind of get to keep new shiny cards at the end of it. So I've been doing that off and on. Hmm. Um, but I'm feeling the pull to go back in towards miniature gaming, so I'm probably going to do quite a lot of that because um, new 40k has just come out and things like that, so that's quite exciting. Um, I mean, just sticking to me, me board games and that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, essentially I've just kind of had enough of it now. It's been, been quite a long time. I, I can't even really remember when I first started playing. I think it was 2010, maybe early. Yeah, no, it was definitely 2010 I started playing this. Um, that's earlier than I thought it was. Yeah, I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was 2010. I started definitely, playing 2012. I definitely before playing. I met Amy, and that was 2011. So it was either 2010 or very, very early 2011, but however you want to dress it up, we're talking about seven years I've been doing it now, and um, yeah, I think I've just just hit that point where I'm just a bit bored of it, really, to be to be perfectly honest. Um, doesn't excite me how it used to, so um, it seems like the ideal thing to do, well, not the ideal thing, but the, the fairest thing to do is to, is to just step back and um, let someone with a bit more enthusiasm uh, take my place and uh, keep this wonderful podcast going um with the enthusiasm it deserves yeah well uh so there is there is potentially the chance that people will see you at local tournaments are you going to sell your cards or are you going to keep them for now oh no 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 definitely not i've um i come to realize no not actually card game related but um i I've, i've had a habit in the past of selling things on when i've got bored of them and then for whatever reason, they, the interest comes round again, and I find myself thinking, "Ah, oh, shit." So no, I definitely won't sell anything. And there's going to be Greyjoy decks permanently built. Um, so that if I do get a Saturday and something's going on around the corner, I'll, I'll pick it up and and go. Um, so no, no, I, I, there's there is a chance I will be seen out and about. Okay, well that's good to hear. And if you yeah. uh, if you decide to come to the expo next year, you can always, you know. Get a bullshit deck from America and uh, come and join us. Just go wild, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Well, obviously, we will. Uh, we will hope to see you soon, Craven. Obviously, you're welcome back on the podcast if you if you notice something and there's a topic you want to talk about. Or I'm sure at some point in the next uh, few months, I'll I'll have no host and need to get you in for listeners' questions or something. Prime you on the key cards. <laughs> I will um, I will gladly um, pop up for the annual uh, Citadel Challenge. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, this is, well, it's episode 67. Um, but we started almost, well, about two years ago. Because this, uh, from now, we will be doing one more episode in a couple of weeks, which will be our pre-Blackwater episode. And if you remember... We had done exactly two episodes before Blackwater, the year we started. Yeah. We did one. We did uh, we did an episode before Blackwater, and then we went to Blackwater, and everybody said how lovely we were, and uh, yeah. lots of patting on the back and Bailey's happened. Um, so you basically made it two years, which is pretty good, you know. This is this yeah, is essentially it has been real fun. Birthday. It really. I mean, I wish I'd kind of um, pre-planned something to say because I feel like I'm kind of scrabbling for words here at this point but um <laughs> it has been really fun doing this um and it's yeah definitely the thing that i've enjoyed doing the most while playing this game um but yeah like i said i i my enthusiasm and interest in the game has has fallen off a cliff um and i think that's just a 
uh, a symptom of time. So, like I said, I, I, I want want to go and then get another voice in who can keep us going along. Well, uh, obviously, with your with your blessing, we've uh, we've drafted a new guest. Oh, not guest host. We've drafted a new host in, um, and uh, all will be revealed in our next episode, of course. Uh, and they were very they were very uh, very happy to be asked. Very very honoured. I can think of, honestly, there's no one else in the community that I would um, actually want to replace me more than this person. So, um, <laughs> so it's good, because uh, Peel and I discussed it, you know, should we sack it in, should we have a rotating cast, or should we get someone? And it was like, uh, if we get somebody, it should be this person. And uh, Peel, Peel was just like, yes. Can we get him? Yes. Okay, cool, that'll do then. Uh, brilliant, let's continue. Like, that was just a case of, uh, it was, a, it, I mean... Don't get me wrong; it's not going to be the same as it was. But it, you know, if there was one person we could, you know, trade Craven for, it would be this person. And I think we've chosen appropriately, and I think Craven's recommendation as well. Um, yeah, seeing, absolutely. I think it was your idea to begin with. Um, I think you know. I mean, hopefully, you'll still listen. You might still uh, still pay attention, even if you just <laughs> tune in for the uh, the last five minutes every week. Or, but to be honest, what I like to do, and I know it sounds bad, I like to just go through the opening quotes every so often. <laughs> I'll just, yeah. I won't listen to a whole episode, just the opening quotation marks. Um, I've done that. <laughs> I believe, I, that's where the best policy is, you know, um, in the in the opening five minutes of a segment where uh, we spend 20 minutes talking about spiders. <laughs> that's my favourite one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still comes to mind every time like just the spider conversation where we went off on about 15 minutes while you were getting beer Dave but, um, yeah, <laughs> no I was there because like... I was talking about the conkers because you never you see talk... a spider at Ashton you Can't don't because that's where <laughs> the conker championships are yeah. that, sadly yeah. my, um, my all time favourite um, segue though is when we um, became aware that Peel was at McDonald's <laughs> <laughs> That was the best. When the sound of the window going down and Peel ordering a milkshake mid conversation, that was absolutely superb. I really that. that was an experiment um, which worked surprisingly well um, until I actually got to McDonald's where the internet decided it wanted to switch to the McDonald's Wi-Fi, uh, which was a hazard at best. Um, but yeah, we've we've done some we've done some things. Um, we've made a lot of posts. We've done a lot. We've you know, we've worked hard. Um, for reference, Craven, I have come up with a few ideas um, for a few artwork changes. Um, oh, okay. You're still going to be in it. Oh, okay. um, you're just either going to be shot with a crossbow while you're on the toilet. Oh, please. Um, or having your throat slit at a red wedding type environment. Jeez, talk about like. <laughs> it's it's when like, you're around. Yeah, that's me off. Well, we could we could always go with the draw Mormon if you'd like, and just kind of send you off to find a midget. Um, I'd the, much the, rather know. be known to be off somewhere looking for a midget than <laughs> the toilet. Murdered by your successor. <laughs> I just thought it'd be quite amusing little artworks. Have you sat on the toilet and just have like a sneaky like a uh, gentleman, so to speak, coming in with a crossbow? Um, <laughs> well, that's all I was thinking. <laughs> but if you have any ideas, by all means, throw them forth because. My ideas are all onto the brutal scenes. If I'm, if I'm honest, I'm not out the door yet, and I would have been killed off. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the Game of Thrones, Graven. You will have Yeah, true. I should have expected it. Really. And uh, of it's course, gonna be, it's going to have to be something. Uh, we'll have you on a wall or something. Um, 
No, we'll, we'll think of something nice. As Thanks, we said uh, many months ago when you left the, uh, the UK Banter Channel, Crexit does indeed mean Crexit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's been fun, and I just genuinely hope that everyone who's listened from the start, or even new listeners or whatever, um, I've done that little bit to make you laugh and enjoy Thrones. Um, and it has been a pleasure um, being able to speak to you guys on a sort of bi-weekly basis for the past two years. Um and do keep listening to the show. You know, these guys are all right. I know they're not as good as me, not as charismatic and all that, but they'll be all right. So don't don't switch off. Yeah, we're going to lose a lot of the aspects of wit that we previously had. Um, <laughs> um, we are leaving. We are, we are going for a more kind of, you know, in, in a blunt way. We're, we're going for a more, um, I say more. <laughs> it may be more of my ranting um, because Craven's not going to shut me down as much. But we'll, we'll get there. Well, as I said to Dave um, the other week when we were discussing the fact that I've been absent from Thrones for a while and I've kind of lost uh, the drive for it, I did say to Dave that I think I need to go because, and I don't mind quoting myself, um, this show doesn't need two peels. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need Dave explaining cards to two of us. Um, that is true. Um, so you, you've fulfilled a, a very, very good role, mate, to the point where I couldn't even hope to emulate your um, general lack of <laughs> awareness of the game. So um, it would upset the balance too much. Dave would have um, far too much going on. It'd be like a schoolroom um, scene. Now, children, are we paying attention? Well, that's why Craven bought me uh, John Burko tokens for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. That was me subtly ceding uh, control of everything to do with this show to Dave, the speaker. Um, but yeah, no, I would I would gladly come back to um, to do a quiz um, around Christmas um, if you'll have me, and hopefully this time it won't cause massive power outages or Peel's laptop to combust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, the, the melting laptop of uh, 2016. Um, was it even that mature? Was it was it 15? Oh my god! Um, I think I, it was 16. I have a feeling. Was it sixteen? It was roughly a year ago. Sun. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't I've been Christmas, with... Christmas we did that absolute nonsense episode where I got twenty people on to talk about cards, and uh, we did the Christmas and it took down, yeah. forever to record it. And by the end of it, I wanted to shoot Hammers because <laughs> uh, <laughs> his recording Someone? broke, and I went to the pub and shouted him. And then had to go home and record some more. No, it was it was for our uh, first birthday, so roughly a year ago. The quiz. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Craven, um, I must, uh, in all seriousness, I must offer my sincerest thanks to you, because it has been an absolute pleasure podcasting with you, uh, and it has been uh, nice it's to been keep a pleasure up, to you, even when we haven't seen each other in probably almost a year now, but we've still been chatting uh, regularly, so that's been nice. So hopefully we'll continue to do so <laughs> and you won't just oh, fall definitely. off the face of the map although we are seeing you in like five weeks so that helps <laughs> yeah definitely don't, don't cancel because I'm looking forward to that but no of course I mean I've made some wonderful friends through this game um, and I, I hope to maintain those friendships even though I don't play it I mean that's the sign of good mates which I, I like to think that us three especially are now and I, I do mean that very sincerely mm. I'm going to cry I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, how do we end now then? 
you know, obviously my my preferred ending is the traditional cut to silence. Uh, would you like to say a final goodbye, or would people like to give us a tip? I think Craven needs to do a sign-off. <laughs> well, oh, I don't know if I really want to do one now. <laughs>